You're listening to The Lightwalker's Path with Serena Myers, the podcast that sparks real, raw, honest conversations about what it actually means to live a spiritual life. Serena is a sacred soul mentor who guides people to tap into their heart's truth so they can live their lives with purpose on purpose. Welcome to episode 24 of The Lightwalker's Path. I'm your host, Serena Myers, and today we're going to start a series of episodes where we're going to dig into some questions that I've been getting online. So if you don't already know this, I am a life and business coach who works with angels in the Akashic Records, so sole purpose, essentially, to help people create uh, lives and businesses with meaning so that they feel really purposeful. And so... Uh, This question comes in anonymously, and the question is, how much of myself do I share online? And I know that the person who submitted this was asking um, as a business owner. However, I think the answer actually applies to everybody. So let's dig in. For starters, there is not a one-size-fits-all approach to how much you share of your story. Um, Even me, I consider myself to be quite an open book. I share pretty openly about just about everything, but I also don't kind of go all out all at once. It's really taken me a lot of time to be able to foster um, the comfort, to be able to flex that vulnerability muscle. And even then, it was something that I didn't do overnight. So if you think about, um, I always end up using this metaphor, but if you think about um, sharing as going to the gym, You're not going to sit down and try to bench press 300 pounds. You might start at like 10 or 20 and you're going to slowly work your way up. So just like when we talk about how we're cultivating our spiritual gifts or our trust in the divine, um, and this vulnerability exercise is the same thing. It's not all or nothing. It's a gradual process that you start to build up to. Now, I will say this, the more that you share of yourself, the more engaged your readers are going to be, the more connected they're going to feel to you. And particularly when you run an online business, this is so important because you are the face of your company. And there's so much noise and so much competition in the online space that there's um, really a need for a human connection beyond just what somebody sees on their devices. So when you use photos of yourself, particularly if they've been professionally taken and they're really beautiful and you're sharing really vulnerable stories, um, that's a really great way to build connection. But think about how it is when you meet somebody and within 10 seconds, they've also just told you their entire life story. It can be a little bit overwhelming, this kind of you know, emotional or energetic diarrhea that we sometimes have, uh, particularly when we're, um, you know, we're we're wanting to be ourselves, we're wanting to show up truthfully and authentically, uh, but we haven't actually learned that it can be a gradual thing that we can slowly ease into. We think it's all or nothing. So you don't want to be that guy. You don't want to be the one who's just kind of spewing all of your stuff all over the place. So it is really great to choose kind of one story or one layer at a time. And so where do you start? I would say that there's kind of two schools of thought here. The one that I would personally choose would be the one that is the most resonant for the people that you're trying to reach. Now, this is um, in a business perspective, this would be your ideal client avatar, your dream clients, your whatever word you want to use for the people that you most love to work with. However, if you're thinking about this in just your personal everyday, hey, I'm a human sharing my story sense, you want to think about whose lives you're trying to touch and how you want to help them, how you want to inspire them. 
Our intention and our motivation is so important. So if the only motivation that you have in sharing, particularly if you're a business, is that you want to connect because you want to make sales, that's all about you. It's not about them. It's not about the lives you're going to touch. So you always want to think about how you want to put it out there so that it reaches people and has impact. If you're always coming from this place of service, people can feel that. So you really want to get honest with yourself about what your intentions are when you're putting together um, whatever it is that you're going to share in the world. And then the second school of thought, which I think could actually blend pretty well with the first one, would be what you're comfortable with. So I would actually say start with step one, which is what is going to be most impactful for the person that you, whose life you want to touch. And then I would share in the way that feels most comfortable for you. You can always tell when people kind of push themselves beyond their comfort levels um, because it feels awkward to read. Now, here's the thing. When you're stretching into vulnerable discussions and it's not something you're used to doing, particularly if you have um, this almost compartmentalized life where you're only sharing part of yourself at a time or part of yourself with different uh, groups of people, you're going to have what uh, Brene Brown refers to as the vulnerability hangover. So even if you're just sharing a little bit, that can feel really big and really uncomfortable. So what I'm recommending is finding the area that would be most resonant for them and then sharing to whatever degree feels comfortable. The thing I always say with my coaching clients is you want it to stretch you, you don't want it to break you. And there really is a big distinction there. And Again, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. So you can kind of slowly ease into this idea of sharing. It doesn't have to be all at once. And it's actually a lot better if you're not doing it all at once because you don't overwhelm them, right? So you're kind of giving them a little nugget here, a little nugget there. Think of it as like that trail of breadcrumbs to the candy house, except in this version, the candy house doesn't have a witch inside who's going to throw you in an oven because that would be really tragic. So it really is um, a combination of what is going to be most impactful to your people and what is going to feel really comfortable for you. And this is why there isn't a one size fits all approach to this work, because what is going to feel comfortable to you is very personal. It's very intimate. And that's not always going to be the same for everybody. So because I've always lived my life as a pretty open book, um, minus a few topics that felt pretty shameful that I just kind of buried for a very, very long time, um, it's easier for me to be really open and vulnerable. But I would not offer my life as a template to anybody else because the degree to which I share and the openness uh, to which I live my life would make a lot of people very uncomfortable. In fact, it makes a lot of people in my life very uncomfortable. I... Um, I honor the message more than my own comfort at times. And it's not so much that I'm trying to deliberately ruffle feathers or make anybody uncomfortable, but there are times where I do butt up against this um, in how I share and what I share. If you'll notice in a lot of my sharing, there's not a whole lot of stuff that's about uh, my husband and my marriage, uh, or I don't talk a lot about my kids. I don't talk a lot about my family in general, actually. And they might come up in some stories that I share here and there. But what I do when I look at that is I really see them as these are our shared experiences. This isn't my solo experience. So when there is that kind of commonality in the, in the experience, I don't feel it's entirely just my space to share. Now, in my ideal world, I would love if my husband came on the podcast and we could jam with you guys about what it means to live our life because 
you know, I feel like we actually have a really great marriage. We have a wonderful foundation of communication, but my comfort with sharing is definitely different than his. He is a lot more uh, private just about how he lives his life. And what's really beautiful about that is we challenge each other too. That's a whole other episode, mind you, but um, coming back to how much <laughs> we share of ourselves, you really need to ask yourself, what is comfortable for you? And the thing that's really beautiful about that question is it's something that you can come back to more than once because it's going to change and grow along with you. So remember when I said I had a few topics that were kind of like off limits and I didn't really discuss them with anybody? Um, that isn't really the case anymore. I certainly share with different degrees of comfort in those conversations. But when we talk about the areas of deeply rooted shame that I used to have, they are now conversations that I've had with people first one-on-one and then in the online space that has been really helpful to other people. Because shame loses its power when it's spoken. And so oftentimes what happens is we often have the same kind of little seeds of shame that are just kind of hanging out inside of us and it grows within us and it kind of holds us back. And sometimes it's like a vine that kind of constricts and wraps really tightly around us. And then as soon as one person speaks it and someone else has that same seed of shame within them, they can hear that and go, oh, wait a minute, I'm not the only one because I am the only one feeling this is probably the biggest lie that shame uses to keep us quiet. That's where it has the chokehold on our throats, honestly. And so there is this really beautiful power that comes from being able to share really openly. But again, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. And you can't do more than what you're comfortable with. So here are some of the things that I know people do. Uh, some people will actually create complete separate online personas for their businesses. And while that's a really okay way to go about things, I personally find it's really hard to compartmentalize your life. Some people have to do this from just a safety perspective. Um, I know people who are in same-sex relationships that need to keep that separate from a safety perspective because they live in super conservative towns and they're actually worried about their personal well-being, 100%. I know people who... um, have had to have aliases online because they have had former partners who were stalking or who were abusive. Um, There are always reasons. And so I want to speak to the general cases here. I don't want to talk about the specifics because it's not my place to tell you what you can and can't do. Uh, I'm just saying in general, the more that you're able to show up wholly as yourself in a way that feels really safe and secure and is safe and secure, the better. What I would recommend more than having these separate profiles and separate identities and living this kind of double or sometimes triple life would be to actually take your friends list and break it down into segments. So you've got different groups of people that you're talking to, particularly when you're running an online business and you don't want to be flooding your friends and family with um, your latest offers, but you do really want um, to make sure that everybody else kind of can see it and is engaged and is particularly if you're using something like Facebook as like your online marketing tool, then yeah, have it where it's kind of compartmentalized. You can also do this if you're not running an online business, but you don't want your work colleagues to see all of your family photos or things like that. You're able to kind of segment your life as opposed to living double lives. I hope you can see the difference there so that um, the things that you're sharing are relevant to the people that you're sharing it with. 
at the end of the day, only you can decide what feels really good. And so I hope that you're going to tune into what that looks like today, but that you're also willing to revisit this, particularly as you're doing a lot of inner work and a lot of development, because what you are and aren't willing to share is going to change. And here's the truth. My very first online blog started in 2009 and it was right at the beginning of my spiritual path. So my, my journey started with a year of just inner reflection, listening to the inner critic and recognizing just how negative the stuff in my head was. And then from there, I started working with a shamanic practitioner for like five years, I believe. And we did really beautiful, powerful, transformative work with both breath work and plant medicine. And it completely changed my life. And as things were opening up, and as I started to get really more in tune with my divine nature, I really wanted to share this with the world. But here's the thing. Remember what I said about how I had those shame stories. I had this whole belief that, oh my gosh, what if I start sharing this stuff with the world? And suddenly, uh, people from my past start coming up and start, you know, putting my dirty laundry out to air, obviously, without asking me first. Um, And you know, that would somehow discredit the message. I still, after all this work, uh, I still have moments uh, where I sabotage my success because I'm worried about that gotcha moment. I had a beautiful session recently with an angel friend who said to me, you know, if you were to end up on Oprah's couch, what is the biggest thing that you're afraid of? And it is still that gotcha moment of, oh, look at me, this spiritual person, this spiritual teacher who's talking to angels every day, but here's all this this sordid stuff from my past. And I've done a lot of work around these things, but they're still there. And I was still, you know, 10 years ago when I started this really cheesy blog, it was alive and well. The shame was like, I didn't even recognize that it was shame that was holding me back at the time. It was really like unconscious programming still. And so I started this cheesy blog Um, where I would just share this insight that I had and these things that I learned. And, uh, but I did it under an alias. And I started a YouTube channel the same way. My first YouTube channel was under the same alias. And there was this burning desire in my heart to be able to get this message out into the world. The same thing that kind of drives me today with this podcast and with my work and with what I share on Instagram and everything else. But with this nugget of um, shame that was really keeping me from living a double life. So again, I'm not talking about the people who are doing this from a safety perspective. I'm talking to everybody else. The more you can show up as yourself to whatever degree of vulnerability you want to do and what feels good for you and what feels resonant for your people, the better your life is going to feel. It is not just hard, it is anxiety-inducing to live a double or triple life. When you are so worried about the secrets that you're keeping, whether they're the ones that are rooted in shame or the ones that you're only showing up half of yourself here and half of yourself there, those are the things that are not just going to sabotage your success and your growth, they're going to kind of devour you from the inside out. And this is the tragic thing for the people who are in a position for their personal safety where they have to have this division of self. It breaks my heart that we're in a world that people can't just show up fully. Now, I'm sure I've talked about this in past episodes. I've definitely talked about it in social media. And here I am saying, yes, be your authentic self and show up as much as you're comfortable and whatever. But you have to be a little bit aware too that even though you have the free will to do that, to show up as comfortably as you want and whatever feels right, 
the people around you also have the free will to feel what they're going to feel about that. There needs to come a point where you honor yourself and your happiness more than the comfort of others. Otherwise, you are constantly waiting for happiness. So it was the same thing when I started my book. I really had this belief that I had to wait till my parents were dead till I could write this book. And really what it meant was I had to get comfortable with the fact that it might piss my parents off for me to tell the stories from my childhood because there are some in there. And they're not the most colorful stories. Like they don't, they're not, they're not happy. But when I sat with it, I had to say, okay, this message is more more important than their comfort or my comfort. My husband is not crazy about the fact that I'm writing a book about anger. It's actually quite triggering for him. And I had to sit with that and say, okay, but this message is more important and it needs to get out in the world. But again, I'm making these choices knowing that I'm going to piss people off, knowing I'm going to make people uncomfortable, knowing I'm going to make myself uncomfortable, valuing the message more, but doing it in a way that feels safe. And I'm doing it in a way that feels safe after years, like more than a decade of really deep inner work to know that no matter who I piss off at the end of the day, it's going to be okay. And we need that. We need that really clear sense of self to be able to hold our own, no matter what happens when we share. And that includes any of the bullshit comments or haters that you might get online. So again, the first thing is what is my intention? Like who am I trying to reach and why am I trying to reach them? And if it's all about you, how can you shift that so that it's about the people whose lives you're going to touch? And it's what is it in my experience that is going to have the most impact for them? And how comfortable with vulnerability am I willing to get in my sharing? And maybe I reveal more over time. How do I make that really comfortable? And remember, vulnerability is a muscle. You're going to flex it and it's going to get stronger and stronger as you go on. There's not a one-size-fits-all approach. So if you're looking at other people on social and saying, oh man, I wish I really shared like so-and-so, mm, don't do that, my friend. Because you have no idea what it took for them to get to that place. Okay, that is all I've got for now, my loves. That is my, that is my rant, I guess, about sharing online. So I really do hope that uh, this answered your question anonymous. And I also want to invite you guys, I'm starting something next week on November the 11th. It's called Move Into Miracles. I will add the link to um, the show notes for this episode. It is a five-day event that is really about clearing out the muck between where you are right now and the life you want to create. Because the only thing in the way of us receiving miracles is our own ability to receive them we are kind of in the way. And so I've created this beautiful five-day event that we're going to do a combination of digital downloads sent to your inbox as well as live video calls in the Facebook group with the same name as this podcast, The Lightwalker's Path. And we're going to be doing it every day next week, starting on November the 11th. So I hope you'll join me for that. And as for this episode, we are wrapping up and I will be in touch again next week. Take care.